Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hutton and Withrow underway on the season premiere edition, Thursday edition of Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The NFL kicks off tonight, game one of 272, and it should be great between the Chiefs and the Lions. We've got a stacked show throughout college football, NFL, and more. Uh, Trey Wallace joins us coming up in 20 minutes. The very latest across college football, some big matchups. Coming up on Saturday, a couple of games that kick off tomorrow night as well. Trey's got us covered there, including Alabama and Texas, a game he will be covering for OutKick. Charlie Arnold debuted earlier this morning, um, OutKick the morning on the OutKick Network, and she joins us in about 40 minutes. A great conversation with UFC President Dana White. Armando Salguero hops on, as he does each and every Thursday in hour number two. Plus, Ryan Leaf joins us weekly on Thursdays in the third hour. Chad, good afternoon. Hutton, I'm excited. Just overall excited. Excited to be here with you on the show today and excited that the NFL kicks off tonight. That's where we start with all the, all the headlines. The Kelsey watch continues as he's apparently going to go through early warm-ups uh, at Arrowhead to determine whether or not he's going to be available at all later this evening in the kickoff to the season for Kansas City. Of course, he hyperextended his knee on Tuesday. Uh, there is apparently no structural damage to the knee, uh, no pain. At least that's what's been reported. It's just simply, can they get the swelling down enough to allow him to play? He did a, a brief run-through workout earlier today, and it's up to him, but also up to Andy Reid and the staff on if they want to push it in week one compared to the long haul. I hope he plays because if so, it makes for a, a great game. Chris Jones, of course, out on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage for Kansas City. They're debuting a new, uh, new left tackle and right tackle. Plus, Detroit comes in as the NFC North favorite with a lot of hype. Should be a good opener tonight, Jeff. Should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm like you, Hutton. I hope Travis Kelsey's able to go tonight. And if the Lions are able to win this one, the hype train is already there, but it's really been with the Jets throughout this camp and leading into the season. Win this one tonight, Thursday night football, opening night, everyone watching. That hype train will be running squarely through Detroit from here on out. It will be a big moment for them to get that national attention and score a huge win in week one against the defending Super Bowl champions. I feel like it's kind of a sucker's bet right now. Looking at Chris Jones, not going to be there. Travis Kelsey may not be playing tonight. To think that the Lions are going to get it done my money's with Kansas City finding a way, even without those two guys. Two great players. And, and two of the three players that led them to the Super Bowl victory uh, a season ago, months ago. And now, Jared Goff, who's played in the Super Bowl. The last time Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff faced each other, 54-51 was the final score. That Chiefs-Rams regular season game. 
I think that game was supposed to be played in Mexico City and wasn't, or maybe that was the year after yeah. because of the turf issues. Nonetheless, one of the greatest games we've ever seen and what was a shootout. I think Detroit's going to just run the football, and I think Kansas City will do that too if they don't have Kelsey. They'll spread it around to multiple receivers, but by Edwards Hilaire uh, and uh, Pacheco is also there, so they've got options and I think that's what they'll try to do similar to the way they ran it against Philadelphia in the Super Bowl for the win one of the best offensive lines in the NFL with the Detroit Lions yeah you've got Patrick Mahomes saying this is the best offensive line I've ever had coming into a season this year for the Chiefs and I'm excited to see how the Lions utilize Jameer Gibbs when they drafted him 12th overall yeah. and not many people were expecting that I immediately thought they've got a specific plan for how he is going to be a big-time playmaker right out of the gates. So how do they utilize him in the run game and the pass game for Detroit? Big questions that will be get answered in just a matter of hours. You mentioned the O-line. I'm, I'm eager to watch that because Orlando Brown traded to Cincinnati, and meanwhile they've picked up Donovan Smith in free agency from, from Tampa Bay. Chad, uh, from Kansas City, staying in the same division, Las Vegas, the Raiders, and a crazy story with Chandler Jones, one of their star pass rushers, uh, who signed last year a three-year contract for $51 million, $32 million guaranteed. Uh, they have just recently, uh, the Raiders, given him and paid an $8.5 million roster bonus that's already been paid for 2023. And I, it's a crazy story that includes him not being with the Raiders currently, uh, and him go, going on a tirade on social media. And it includes a, a, a welfare check to some extent at his home because he's telling everyone about it. He, he's slamming the team on social. He then deletes the posts, including a, a picture of a Las Vegas crisis response manager who Chandler Jones claims the Raiders sent to his home. Um, the Raiders, in regards to being asked where Jones has been since Tuesday... They have said that it's a personal matter that he's currently dealing with. But then Jones shared screenshots recently of texts that he sent to general manager uh, Dave Ziegler and then most recently Josh McDaniels from back in August, which says this has been going on for a while and is also saying he's not going to post anything else as long as they let him play on Sunday. And... Goes on to say he wants to chat with Antonio Brown and Alden Smith about their beef with the franchise because he feels like the Raiders are also doing that to him. They have him, or he's working out at a gym. They won't let him in to work out at the team facility. It's all bizarre. And it, he's taking a, a screenshot of text he sent to Ziggler, sending that to the head coach, Josh McDaniels, and then saying, hey, Josh, you know this is BS. Let, let me back or uh, paraphrasing, but I don't know if this guy's just lost his mind or if the Raiders have sent him away while they try to figure out what to do with a malcontent. It's it's very weird considering he's sharing things that were sent last month, not yesterday or the day before, whenever this tirade went about on social and apparently they sent him away from the facility as they get ready for the season opener in Denver and as they've actually had some momentum. Jimmy G is healthy. They have, uh, of course, a big contract with Max Crosby. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is back in the mix. Tyree Wilson, their rookie, is back. Uh, they've sorted that contract out. There's a, a lot of reasons for optimism, and now you have 
Chandler Jones, who they just signed last year, causing a stir and not present. Don't know if he's playing or not on Sunday. It's bizarre. The, the whole episode is bizarre from Chandler Jones. The Raiders being very tight-lipped about it, which I guess you'd kind of expect. You know, Josh McDaniels didn't want to say much at all about it. Just he's, he's away for personal reasons or however he phrased it. I, I think a warning sign is when you are claiming you want to talk to Antonio Brown for some sort of guidance. If you're sitting there saying to, get, to yourself... To get his take on how the, the organization treated him. Yeah, at the end. but if you're sitting but, there saying to yourself, you know who seems sane right now? Antonio Brown. That may be an issue. Yeah. So I hope Chandler Jones is okay. I have no clue what's going on. This is one of the stranger stories we've encountered recently. But the fact that he is saying, I need to talk to Antonio Brown and Alden Smith about how they were treated here. Mm, that's not a good sign. That, that is a warning sign. That's a call for help if I've ever heard one. These weird posts, another possible call for help. Uh, I hope Chandler Jones is okay and they can get this thing straightened out. And by the way, there's there's no indication or, or a verification that the Raiders sent that Las Vegas uh, crisis response manager to his home. He's also said that they, they've reached out to one of his ex-wives or girlfriends, I'm not sure, girlfriend or wife, ex, uh, who he has a, a, a child with, about him, like the, the team did. Again, no confirmation of that. And Chandler Jones just spouting things. Uh, sad news uh, for former NFL wide receiver uh, Mike Williams, who is um, on life support after a construction site accident where his father, uh, through the GoFundMe page, uh, and by the way, this is the former Syracuse receiver, the second leading receiver in school history, played for the St. Louis Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Buffalo Bills, um, said Williams had a major accident at work last Friday. A steel beam fell on his head, causing a massive head injury. And there was swelling on his brain, swelling on his spinal cord that was ruptured. The injuries resulted in Williams being paralyzed in his right arm and his body from the waist down. And he's on live support with a GoFundMe page set up. Just a sad, crazy details and a sad story uh, for a, a wideout that bounced around the league for a bit and was a solid college player uh, in his time in the Big East. Yeah, wishing him the best. It's terrible. But when I saw this headline and then read about it, uh, just an awful story. So hopefully everything um, progresses in a positive way with that story. No doubt. Um, so uh, Clay Travis, who joined us yesterday, and uh, a topic we touched on uh, a bit yesterday, Chad, the ESPN and Charter Spectrum negotiations and the debate holdout and the fact that Spectrum has called the bluff of ESPN in contract negotiations for rights to air this as part of, as part of their cable bundle. Um, Clay wrote a lengthy piece at Outkick.com, which is available right now, right on the front page, that this saga between ESPN and Charter could be the end of, of the cable bundle as we know it and how we view sports as we know it. What stood out to you from the details that he gave? And not just how we view sports, but how we view cable. That not just sports on cable, the cable bundle, but Nickelodeon and AMC and TNT and yeah. everything that's on cable will go away soon. This is one of the better things Clay has ever written. And Clay is a very gifted and thoughtful writer. 
Um, I was blown away by this piece. It was well tied together. It is very long, but yeah. I would I would suggest everyone go read the story at OutKick.com. Uh, terrific work by Clay on this. I know he did a lot of work and research to get numbers on ESPN, and I, I'll sum it up for you, uh, but you still need to read it. 2014 is the line of demarcation. 2014 was the year that ESPN tap, tapped out on cable subscribers. They were making about 11 or $12 billion a year in 2014. From that moment on, 2014, by the way, was the second season of House of Cards okay. on Netflix. That is when the rush to streaming services began. From that point on, they've lost 30% of their subscribers from cord cutting or people going to different facets of, of entertainment. Roughly 100 million to 70. A lot of money. So and, specifically... And, and not just cord cutters, but you're saying like not just sports fans, but you're paying for ESPN whether you want to or not right? if you have the bundle. And, ES, and there's so much in this story, so I'm going to try to you know, get to the main points. But ESPN has for a long time profited off those who don't watch ESPN. Yeah. Because if you're a cable subscriber, you're paying... Roughly six, seven dollars for ESPN. A bit more than that now. Yeah, it's like ten bucks. It's, it's gone up. You're it's, paying it's, for it's that. It's more expensive than ESPN Plus, right. And the subscription online. You're paying for that whether you watch it or not. So all of these cable subscribers have been paying that amount. Every cable package you have, every cable bundle, regardless if you watch or not. So when Bob Iger publicly states, "Linear television is not our future. We want to move all of ESPN properties to direct to consumer." and charge you a, a bundle on that, a lot of money. This is Charter Spectrum calling their bluff and saying, you know what? We're losing money on you. We don't make as much as we do on broadband cable, internet, on broad on internet, mm-hmm. on Wi-Fi with our customers. So we can just tell people, go ahead, get Hulu, get YouTube TV. We're still going to make money off of you. With your internet subscription. So if you're going to overcharge us for it and you want to move away anyways, go ahead and start that process now. So they're not highly motivated to do it. Now, Bob Iger and Disney came out and released a statement today, about an hour ago, basically saying, we are sorry to Spectrum Charter employees that they don't value your business. We know, we've heard from you that you want these games. You want to see all of our great products that we're airing all the time. But... It's not on us that they don't value you as a subscriber. We're trying to work with them to help them value you as a subscriber. Again, Clay lays it out beautifully, but all of these things are happening in a way that it is going to continue to devolve. And what was the best ever business model in media history, the cable bundle and cable television, because there was a rush to streaming, it's going to go away. And well, everything's going to be streaming. And streaming has been shown to be a bad business model for everyone that's not Netflix. Well, but what, Disney's lost $11 billion on their streaming service. A, a part of what uh, Charter has been negotiating, though, is they want their current subscribers grandfathered in on any direct-to-consumer platform that ESPN's going to offer moving forward. And it won't happen. That's the other thing they're, they're trying to, to get in this instead of just being a part of the bundle and paying... Uh, more based on the properties that ESPN currently has under their umbrella, not just the channels, but the brands, the leagues. And, you know, really it's Netflix and that's about it that are doing great in the streaming world. And I would venture to guess 
that if ESPN just went straight to that platform and they still had the rights to what they have, sports fans are going to pay for it, but they're not going to have the non-sports fans that are paying for it anyway. So they still need the bundle you know, model if they want to have subscribers to companies that don't really turn the channel to ESPN but are still paying them monthly regardless if they like sports or not. They're on the hook for $47 billion worth of rights fees over the next seven years. ESPN is. And Clay lays that what There's no sustainable model for them when this cable bundle falls apart. That this is, as Clay describes it, an extinction-level event that we're witnessing. That not just ESPN, but all of cable may be dead at this point in time. Well, Again, I'd encourage you to read it. Um, but think about what you that may means. think it's extreme, we but may it's very see, interesting. We, we've been pondering where we're headed in, in college sports with college football, NFL, how much everyone's paying. We may see, we may be at the ceiling right now yep. for what companies are willing to pay. Well, and there's if, a trickle down here. Here, coaches, if, players, everyone get paid less. You will get paid less yep, if this salary blows caps up. Dictated. Yep. Coming up. Speaking of college football, Trey Wallace joins us. Bama and Texas, Colorado, and more next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up in an hour, Armando Salguero previews week one across the National Football League. Kicks off tonight between the Chiefs and the Lions. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Trey Wallace, you can find his great college football coverage at Outkick.com. He will be in Tuscaloosa, headed to T-Town for Texas's visit in a rematch from last season, Alabama and Texas Saturday night. I was looking forward to seeing Trey in Nashville this weekend, yeah. Tennessee-Virginia game. I was there, but Trey wasn't. Trey, uh, bummer that I missed you at this game. It was, uh, unfortunately, there was a busted pipe oh. uh, in my place, so oh, no. I had to rush back to Knoxville. So it was a fun last weekend. Thanks for really rubbing that one in, Chad. That Ooh. is a uh, helpless feeling. When you hear something like that and you're just envisioning all the damage that's being done as you drive uh, three hours 
to get back to it. Sorry you had to deal with that, but uh, I was given a heads up that we should bring that up on the show, and now I'm, I'm glad that I did because we got to give you a hard time. There you go. No, it's it's all good. I was going about 89 the whole way, uh, so ended up working out. Not if you were for ticket. Georgia, you'd have been going 105, so that's good. Yeah. That's actually slow if you're a Georgia Bulldog. That's the speed limit to them. Didn't get arrested, so I'm good. Uh, here we go, kicking off one of the best games of the season between Alabama and Texas. Sarkeesian brings his group on the road, and Milrow has taken over the offense, an offense that looks more like the bully ball up front with an offensive line that features three players over 350 pounds for the Crimson Tide, and a Texas Longhorns defense that feels like they're stout up front as well. What do you make of the matchup? What do you expect on Saturday? Yeah, it, guys, it's so up in the air with this game. Um, th- I think this is, you know, the test. Uh, Alabama wasn't tested last weekend against MTSU. Jalen Milrow wasn't really tested. He, you know, he scored five touchdowns. But this game, th- th- this is the setup for college football. Um, you you look at a Texas squad who we've been talking for years and wondering, when is it actually true that Texas can say they're back? Um, I, I, a win against Alabama does that. Um, and, and on the flip side for Alabama, you know, quietly they're, they're trying to shut this narrative up that, that, that Alabama is, is falling off that Nick Saban is not the coach that he was years ago. Um, that, that, that Alabama can't handle now, you know, with the big boys after losing two games last year, pretty much on the last second play. So, you know, this, this game is building up for, for all the big magnitude that it should um, a, a seven o'clock Eastern time kickoff prime time. Um, you know, ESPN's putting their, all their cards into this one while Fox is handling Colorado, Nebraska, but man, it just feels like this is like a tilt game meaning Texas is going to go one way if they win this. Alabama might fall off in that three-loss category this season if they lose. And and I just think, look, it's going to start with defensive pressure. Can the Longhorns get after Jalen Milrow? If they do, I think they make their lives miserable because I think the Texas secondary is really good this season. I I think they're going to cause problems for the Alabama receiving core. Uh, even if they didn't get pressure on Jalen Milrow, I think those one-on-one matchups are going to be fascinating to watch. And again, this is the the Sarkeesian versus Saban matchup that, you know, last year Quinn Ewers left after the first quarter. I think he had a buck 50, something like that in the first quarter when he was in and then Hudson Card had to come in and, and, and Texas still had a chance to win that game late in the fourth quarter. So this one is setting up to be a classic and, and I'm really hoping it is because you've got two teams coming into this game, trying to make a statement early in the season. And, and, you know, I've questioned all week, who's this game benefit more if they win? Like, that's the big thing that stand out to me. Like if Texas went into Tuscaloosa and lost by four points um, and, and, but was able to play with them for four quarters and okay, you could take something away from that. But then if Alabama, you know, drops this game by a touchdown or 10 points or something along those lines because Quinn Ewers goes off and Alabama can't stop the rushing game, then all the questions start arising about Alabama. So that's why this game is just so important, not because of the rankings beside each one of them. Um, We've just been led to believe that this is going to be a hot Texas team this year while the whole offseason – 
all we've done is talk about, is it going to be Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner, a quarterback? And now that we know that it's Milrow, it's game on, boys. Well, if Texas wins, Trey, we will have to update the my favorite website, www.istexasbackyet.com, which gives you a running billboard on whether or not they're back. <laughs> uh, they would, in yes. fact, be back with a win in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. So I would like to go check the website at that point, And I'm going to look forward to checking the OutKick website with your coverage of this game. I, I agree with you that the demise of Nick Saban has been overstated. I don't think that I can overstate what I see in the demise of Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson program, and America saw it on Labor Day night at Duke. Trey, am I making too much of this when I say that Clemson is done as a college football power? It sure feels like it, Chad. I mean, it, it does, man. Like you, it, it, And the biggest part that, that stands out to me is I watched a game on Sunday night between Florida State and LSU or I watched Keon Coleman at wide receiver for the Seminoles absolutely go off. And, and Mike Norvell did a good job of taking care of the transfer portal, getting him into the program. I looked at Clemson Monday night. The receivers can't get separation. Um, Shipley's having a hard time, you know, getting out in open space. Okay, Kubik is struggling, you know, in the pocket at times, you know, and and that's the other thing too. It's like Clemson, you know, they they got inside the the red zone. If I'm not mistaken, it was five times it came away with seven points. That's unacceptable, and it, and it just feels like the way that Dabo is going about his program when it comes to okay, you know what, we're gonna stick with the guys that came here, and we're not gonna tread off in the transfer portal. It's almost as if Dabo Sweeney is thinking, I don't want there to be any kind of distrust in this program. I don't want players to be looking over their shoulders if we're going to go find somebody in the portal. And that's what shocks me the most about Clemson. I mean, we so long are the days of, you know, Deshaun Watson at quarterback or Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. And, you know, we, we look at Dabo Sweeney and, we listened to his post-game speeches. And then that speech last night he gave in a press conference where he's talking about, you know, if 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 that's the kind of offense we play all season, I love it. I'm good with it. And we're going to win a bunch of games. Like, wait a minute, dude. Uh, scored a touchdown. Like, uh, like, you know, in a late one. But we're saying, you know, overall, it's like, how can you come to that conclusion? You know, your offense, okay, your offense drove inside the five-yard line. They still fumbled it. I still didn't get in the end zone. You let Duke overpower you. And it's just so it's surprising to me to see how far, even last year, when Tennessee's backup quarterback and Joe Milton, you know, shellacked Clemson. And that's a Tennessee team that was, you know, coming off a win against Vanderbilt, but their season had kind of been ruined when it comes to a playoff spot from South Carolina. So it's all just building up. It feels like it's building up, building up, building up. And I don't know what Dabo's going to do because we kept hearing about, and he would say it, you know, I don't know if I want to be a part of this game, if this is where this thing is going. And and I'll be honest with you, I don't know where he could go besides another college to maybe try to turn this around. But if he has that philosophy, what's going to change? He's not going to the NFL. He's not an NFL coach. He would be like Urban Meyer. He would be gone after 13 games into the season. He would not make it trying to coach 25 to 35-year-old men. That's not Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney is 18, 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, 
you know, so I, I just feel like right now we're at a crossroads with Clemson because I can see number of teams beating that squad, North Carolina, Drake may Clemson comes out and plays that kind of defense. Drake may is going to put up 28 points on them. So it just, it's starting to feel like the Clemson roller coaster is, is going down that hill. And I don't know if there's another uphill portion to that coaster along the way. A lot of really good matchups in week two for college football, Trey. Of course, Bama, Texas, Colorado, Nebraska, Auburn and Cal, Ole Miss, Tulane. Which game to you is the most intriguing of week two? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would say Colorado, Nebraska. Um, just the magnitude of that game. Deion Sanders continuing on this path. You know, I, I'm I'm interested to to see what Deion Sanders sounds like post game whenever he drops a game. Yeah. You know, he walked into the locker room in Fort Worth and, you know, the first thing he's telling the reporter is, do you believe, do you believe in us? He's calling out the reporters for, for questioning what this program would look like. Nobody knew what this program was going to look like. Nobody knew that Colorado was going to go in and play the way that they did against TCU. So that game stands out to me at 12 o'clock. Obviously, it'd be something that I'm watching before heading over to Bryant-Denny Stadium. But then I'm paying attention to Lane Kiffin going down and playing Willie Fritz in Tulane, uh, who beat my South Alabama Jaguars last weekend. Michael Pratt, I had Jim Nagy on from the Senior Bowl yesterday on the podcast, and uh, just overwhelming remarks about quarterback Michael Pratt, who we all remember you know, beat USC and was leading them on that drive in the Cotton Bowl last year. I think that game stands out a lot because that one, that one, that's one Ole Miss could go down to New Orleans and lose. And I think it's such a big game for Tulane. I think it's just going to be fun to watch um, offensively uh, to see what both teams bring because I know what Tulane's got. Now I'm very interested to see what Ole Miss is going to do when it comes to a running game, when it comes to Jackson Dart. It's very intriguing, that one, to me. And then you you kind of mentioned it. What's Auburn going to look like on the road in California? Uh, a 10 o'clock Eastern time start. The time change might mess with them a little bit. Can Hugh Freeze go out to Cal and, and take care of Justin Wilcox's defense, which I'm sure people are very familiar with Justin Wilcox. And, you know, are they going to have running back Jarquez Hunter uh, when they're playing this weekend? That's unknown right now um so a lot of questions for Hugh Freeze's team and and, and when they go to California and, and play the Bears so a number of games that are intriguing that might not stand out when you're looking at a ticker uh because of top 25 matchups but there is there's a number I'm keeping my eye on yeah that we mentioned Cal rush for 350 plus yards against North Texas and an interesting note the two quarterbacks in that game were high school teammates nice yeah, I'm looking forward to that wow. one. Here's another one for you, Trey. I, I don't know much about Miami coming into this season. Very little talk about the Hurricanes. Mario Cristobal hosting Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M this weekend. A&M only a four-point favorite on the road at Miami. A great possible showcase for Bobby Petrino's offense that looked really good against bad competition, but looked really good in week one. Chad, you nailed it, brother. This is the one. I've been. I, I talked to you guys over the summer when we talked about Texas A&M. This was the game circled on my schedule because if you can go down to Miami, and I'm not saying Miami is some kind of world beater, but if you can go down to Miami, put together a nice offensive performance, get out of there with a two touchdown win, something like that. You know, everybody. Connor Weigman looks on page with the offense with Bobby. Don't let Miami get into your game plan pretty much on the offensive side. Uh, 
this is this is that test. You know, we remember last season where Appalachian State beat Texas A&M, and then what do the Aggies do? They bounce back in front of 100,000 people at home, and they beat Miami. I'm very interested to see what Jimbo Fisher and his game plan is to go down and face a Mario Cristobal team that, that should be motivated. Hell, they can't sell tickets to the game, but I would at least think the team is motivated to get revenge on the Aggies for what happened last season. So that's a 3.30 in the afternoon kickoff. I think people are going to be set. So if you're at home, you're good because you're going to get Colorado, Nebraska at noon, and then you can take yourself a little break, and then you can turn it on Texas A&M and Miami, and then to nightcap it all, you know, you get Bama, Texas, you get Cal, Auburn, and you get LSU. I mean, I'm sorry, Ole Miss and, uh, and Tulane. So it's a nice little Saturday for you. Trey Wallace, you can check out the Trey Wallace podcast, outkick.com is where you can find that. Jim Nagy, the uh, executive director of the Senior Bowl, is his guest this week. Trey, always great work, man. And uh, we look forward to the coverage from Tuscaloosa and what should be a great one. Yeah, it should be a fun weekend. Just follow outkick.com. We'll have all the coverage from Tuscaloosa starting tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, leading up to the game. So I appreciate you guys having me and uh, enjoy the NFL. Uh, yeah. Season one starts tonight. Game yeah, man. One. Can't wait. Can't wait for kickoff there, too. Uh, Trey Wallace, uh, Thanks, always Trey. great work. Um, Chad, uh, they were preparing for tailgates in Tuscaloosa last week when I was there. Um, yeah, I, I saw. They were they were already prepping their tailgates for, for Texas weekend when Middle was in town. I saw that the price of Airbnbs is that of buying a new car in certain instances in Tuscaloosa if you want to go down to that game and stay for any period of time. It's going to be a madhouse. Uh, Trey's going to have a lot of coverage from that game but i mean he's not the only national writer that's going to be at that game uh, it is the game of the week which makes it so interesting that a, a lot of the buzz though is going to still be surrounding Deion sanders in colorado as they host at nebraska but that alabama texas game what a huge a one lot, a Prime lot time of, a night. lot of discussion about Jalen milrow uh, time to start looking for quinn yours to rise to the occasion yep. right on the road under the lights against bama that's, he was 0 it, but, for 7 and throws mm. over 15 yards in week one. Got to be better than that against Not winning Bama. on the road there. Nope. Charlie Arnold joins us next on Hot Mike. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, our goal to get all the viewers, listeners to the end of their workday. And now you can begin your workday. Morning, mid-morning, afternoon, evenings. We've got you covered across the Outkick Network. New show that launched this morning, Outkick the Morning, with Charlie Arnault and... Kicked it off with a, a, a great show today and a great first guest. 
one of my favorites in all of sports, and we've often discussed this. What if all commissioners answered questions and allowed everyone in their league, coaches, players, GMs, to speak freely? That is exactly what UFC President Dana White does, and Charlie asked him about that earlier today. Well, listen, these are all grown men and women, and, and we're in the fight business. And, and life is hard. Life is hard. People are mean sometimes. Things happen. Toughen up. You know what I mean? If, if I start policing people for what they say in the fight business, it, it, it's just ridiculous. They, you know, free speech is a real thing. It's something that I'm a big believer in. You might not like what people say all the time, but too bad. Not everybody's going to say things that you like, and sometimes people are mean, and sometimes people say nasty things. Suck it up. Deal with it. Um, if you can't deal with, with, with mean things being said to you or whatever the, 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 the free speech may be, you're going to have a very rough life. That's Outkick the Morning uh, with Charlie Arnold, uh, Dana White there. You can catch it on demand at outkick.com and also on our YouTube page. Charlie joins us now. Uh, congrats on the show launch, Outkick the Morning, which is each weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. What did you think of show number one? You know, honestly, I've, I've been in such a, like a fog for the past few days because I've just been like trying to get everything ready to go and coming up with ideas, you know, getting the interview ready, um, all, you know, all of the things that it takes to launch a show. So doing the show today, like once it was over, I was like, oh, <laughs> like it hadn't necessarily hit me. I'm not even sure it still has hit me. I'm just like kind of getting through right now because now it's on to show number two, of course. So um, there's really no time to stop and consider what's happening. Maybe this weekend, once I'm able to like maybe sit back and, you know, have a lemonade or something <laughs> like that. Something better than um, lemonade, yes. A Mike's Heart lemonade, maybe, instead of I just lemonade. I know, so innocent of me, a lemonade. <laughs> um, I'm actually on a very intense diet right now, guys, uh, for something special I have coming up. So um, lemonade without sugar is all that I'm handling right now, but I'll be able to reveal more soon. Okay. I just can't talk about it quite yet, but your girl is trying to slim down. She is, you know, on a very, very low calorie diet right now. So um, yeah, lemonade it is, but anyways, back to the show. Um, it was great. I'm so happy that the first one's in the can because now I feel like there's just a little bit of pressure off her shoulders, but maybe not so because we got off to such a great start. Um, obviously Dana White is like, what, I mean, you, you said it like, what better guests could you get? Um, as far as like being from the sports industry, like also one of my favorites. So, uh, now it's like, okay, how do we keep it going? How do we keep this momentum riding? So, uh, that's the fun part, right? Trying to keep everyone interested. Charlie, is this a lemon cleanse? How would we describe <laughs> this? Is it a cleanse? Is there such thing as a lemon cleanse? There actually is a there actually is a lemon cleanse. I think like some people just drink uh, lemon water. I think um, I think they also might throw in some other stuff though, like cayenne pepper or like some ginger. There's like a, do you remember the master cleanse? Remember that whole thing yeah. that was like a, several years ago? Um, no, this is not that, but it's more of just like. You know, if there's carbs in it, I try to avoid it. <laughs> so lemon water is a, a nice substitute for um, really anything right now. Rotisserie chicken. I've been living off a of rotisserie chicken this week, too. What's it like? I, th I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, getting a chance to interview Dana White, who also happens to be one of your bosses. 
and, and yes. working for him and doing that. What What's that part of it like? And how refreshing is it to get a chance to talk to him in that way as an interview subject on your first show? I mean, Dana White is fantastic. Um, he's just such a great boss. He's a great man. He's a great human. He's a great patriot. He's a great preserver of free speech. I mean, he's just awesome. And there's nothing, I can't say anything bad about Dana White. Um, he just really embodies, you know, everything you'd want um, in a boss. I mean, all even all of his fighters say the same thing. He gives them such free reign to be who they are. And that's something that goes, you know, a long way because there's so many different places where you could be employed. I mean, whether it's like us at a TV station or whether it's in an office setting or whether it's in a sports league where you're not able to say and do as you please, because there are expectations on you and truly in the UFC, there's no expectations. You go in, you are able to be yourself completely. I mean, it's all about knocking the other person out. Right. So how can there really be such like types of expectations in that type of setting? Um, so it's really just, it's amazing. And I'm so happy Dana, uh, made himself available. Uh, the reason why he's so great is when he supports you and when he gets behind somebody, like for me, like when I said, told him I was coming to outkick from ESPN, he was so excited because he knew what that meant for me and what I would be able to do versus what I had been able to do. Uh, so when I asked him if he would be the first guest on the show, I mean, it was, it, it was an instant yes, which I'm so thankful for, and um, he's just the best. I, I have nothing bad to say about him. Yeah, just a step further with that, Charlie. I mean, uh, Charlie Arnold, very special guest, joins us. Very and, special. Yeah, you could catch her on uh, Outkick the Morning, 8 a.m. Eastern uh, weekdays now here on the Outkick Network. Here's the thing about Dana and, and that what anyone can take away from what he said. You mentioned free speech. Um, he doesn't care what side of the aisle you're on if you're in his promotion. He doesn't give a damn if you disagree with his political stance. And, and far too often... Uh, regardless of what side you're on, the the sites, the shows, everyone's doing a headline about what someone else said because it didn't align with what they think is accurate. Dana is right down the middle. In fact, I, I believe for the longest time he was a Democrat. Yeah, and, yeah. and he, he said just that in the interview. he doesn't vote based on party; he votes based on candidate. Absolutely. I mean, that's how it should be, right? It's not about politics. A lot of the things that people are talking about right now, the things that are really creating the biggest buzz, they're political issues because certain people have made them political issues, right. but they truly aren't. They're common sense issues. And I know that's a, 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 a phrase we constantly hammer home, but people just don't understand. Like even today, I I did a segment on toxic masculinity or or really the the idea of oh, what is it even? Like, does it even exist? Should it exist? And I put the MOS, the man on the street that I did about it on my Instagram earlier. And people instantly come and say, why are you making this a thing? Why do you, why are you making this a political matter? I said, who said I was making it a political matter? I never once said the word politics in here. I never mentioned conservatives. I never mentioned Democrats. I said toxic masculinity. I mean, if you want to assign that to a certain party or assign me to a certain party based on me wanting to talk about it, then by all means. But that's the thing is people just love to politicize things these days. People can't have normal conversations or healthy debates with about anything without making it something politically minded. And I feel like that's just a defense tactic, right? I mean, if you're on one side of the fence and you want to say, oh, well, you're this, so you're making it that way. No, you just made it that way. So 
honestly, I just can't deal with a lot of people these days. And those are the types of comments I don't even feel the need to respond to because if you are, you know, so close-minded to think that it's a political issue instead of just a conversation that we can have to get to the bottom of a simple topic, then you know what? That's fine. What is on tap for show number two tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern? Um, okay, so we have uh, a few awesome guests coming on. One is John Kennedy. Uh, you probably have seen some recent headlines about him. He was a football coach at a high school in Washington State. Uh, he started drumming up some headlines initially because he was praying on the field. And um, that was, you know, I guess in some people's minds to be inappropriate. You know, of course, he is still going you know, about you know, what he thought was right. And eventually he got, um, I, he lost his position at the school and he took it to the Supreme Court and they actually voted and said that it was unconstitutional for him to be fired for praying on the field. So he got his job back. Uh, but now he's saying that the school, even knowing the Supreme Court ruling is retaliating against, retaliating against him. So he already has resigned his post. Um, so he's coming on the show tomorrow. We'll get into all of that. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of details that we haven't yet found out about. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Then the other guest we have on, his name is Tennis Sandgren. He is a American professional tennis player. Um, he's played in several of the major tournaments, uh, including the U.S. Open, which just is going on right now in New York City. Uh, and he is a staunch supporter of everything that we stand for, you know, free speech, um, the right to make your individual decision. Uh, he was one of the tennis players who decided not to get the vaccine, which uh, made him ineligible for the Australian Open last year. So we'll just get into all different types of stuff. We'll talk a little sports. We'll talk a little bit of politics and just get to know him a little bit better as well. And then, of course, some other fun things going on relating to the first regular season game of the NFL tonight. So yeah, we're ready. Yeah. My two cents in there. Yeah, Tennis Sangren grew up about 30 minutes from where we sit right here. He's a UT oh, guy. UT as He's well. a vol. Yeah, yeah, volunteer. Hey, Charlie, uh, congrats on show one. And uh, here's to uh, tomorrow morning as well. And glad we got the, the, the show launched uh, here on the Outkick Network. Me too. Thanks, Charlie. We'll chat next week. Bye, guys. It's Charlie Arnold. Uh, Outkick the morning, uh, weekday mornings, 8 a.m. Eastern. Um, yeah, the Dana White chat. Go check that out. YouTube page as well as her socials outkick.com is where you can find it too. Yeah. He said in, in the interview, you mentioned the part about, you know, political one way or the other, that he was a Democrat for a long time, but now he doesn't really associate <laughs> with either right. side. He said, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of down the middle. I just side with common sense on different issues and I'm willing to speak on common sense issues, which I applaud. Yeah. But same, same. Davey Hudson joins us as uh, we welcome in the elimination picks for Hot Mike and the NFL, which kicks off tonight. Davey, give us the parameters here. Let's yes. go rapid fire. So I, I will make this very quick. We used some super scientific methods to determine our rotation and pick <laughs> order earlier before the show. But NFL Eliminator, what happens? We each have to pick a team that whenever they go up against whoever their opponent is, if they win, you advance. We cannot pick the same team. If you lose, you're out. We play till there's a winner, and then we start over, and who at the end of the season has the most wins total, we'll count them as points, they walk away the champion. We've still yet to figure out what the two losers have to do. But, Hutton, you have the first pick for week one of the NFL. Who is your 
pick. So as I use this team, I can't go back to them again, right? That is correct. I probably uh, left give, all that important stuff out. Give me just the then. Washington Commanders hosting the Arizona Cardinals. I will jot that down. That is the easy one of the week, I feel like, which uh, could be dangerous. You know, Josh Dobbs starting at quarterback. It's going to be bad for Ron um, Rivera. Take some strategy here. I think I'm, they should roll. I'm between two games. The biggest point spread left would be Ravens over Texans. I'm not going to go with that. D'Amico mm. Ryan's game one, maybe a little fired up. Wow. Give me the Vikings over Tampa Bay. Okay. In Minnesota. Minnesota. I think that the Vikes get it done. I figured you would take the uh, Ravens, Chad, so I was going to go with the Vikings then, but I will actually go ahead and take the 10-point um, favored Ravens. I, I think Lamar Jackson looking to make a statement, NFL MVP, potentially coming back for uh, two-time there. So give me the Ravens, and we will a, see what a, happens this weekend. It's a tough road matchup for a first-time starter in C.J. Stroud, young team in Houston. You're right, though. Having all offseason to prepare, you can roll yeah, some who things out there. But. I, I gave a lot of consideration to Jacksonville over Indy on the road also. Would have been my other possible pick. But I'll roll with Minnesota. So, Hutton, you're going Commanders, Vikings, and you're going Ravens, Davey, right? Correct. And you will be documenting the progress of this contest yes. throughout the year? Yes, we will We will have a graphic. Seeing as we just now did our picks, the graphic will be ready uh, for – next week whenever we find out who advances coming up uh, we've got the very latest on thursday night football kickoff tonight between the chiefs and the lions the latest on travis kelsey's availability and more plus uh, a tournament that is excellent it's just played to the wrong season and colorado the transfer portal and primetime deon sanders impact coach prime's impact even on those coaches who have gone all in embracing the portal, what does it mean for them? That's next on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. <laughs> 